Welcome to Exploring the Mystical Side of Life with your host, Linda Lang. Hi, this is Linda Lang from ThoughtChange.com. We are exploring the mystical side of life once again this week. If you enjoy our conversations, make sure you subscribe, share with a friend. Today, I have Eugenia Oganova. Eugenia is a wealth energetics coach and a transcension mentor. Welcome, Eugenia. I'm so glad to be here. Being a transcension mentor, I've not heard of that before. So maybe you could just tell me a little bit about what that is. Yeah, this is the methodology that I have invented. And um, one of the main things that I have been finding working with people as a clairvoyant, as a healing coach, um, was that people were limiting themselves with the idea of processing the past, kind of like therapy and going through all the pain and uplifting all this stuff in order to figure it out, trying to learn the lesson. But then they kind of like didn't have the future, didn't know where they were going to go. And it was not anchored. It was a process that seemed to be kind of like resurfacing the pain and then processing the pain and then just finding more pain. And that, in my view, was not very productive way to uh, become conscious. And the only alternative has always been, well, just love and light and just kind of, you know, think positive and go into detachment from all that there is, but that does not help you learn the lesson. So the methodology I have created is the combination where one gets to love themselves first and then activate their internal authority. So they really stand in who they truly are and then become sovereign in that authority by clearing up all sorts of karmic lessons and whatever's in the way so they can learn them and move on into mastery. So that's the methodology of transcension method. You know, when we're always focused on the flaw or what went wrong, we just seem to find more and more and more and more of it. And yet you don't want to kind of put your head in the sand and pretend that you don't have a little bit of baggage that needs cleaning up. So I am right there with you. You mentioned inner authority. How do you determine what a person's inner authority is? Well, the authority in the human sense, a lot of times, unfortunately, is a combination of all sorts of conditioning and imprinting that one got through their lifetime, also karmic pattern overlays, and all sorts of other things from the body that genetically are inherited. And what we do is cleaning up all these layers so that what comes out is the true self. That true self is actually a combination of learned lessons. So throughout different lifetimes, we go through many different lessons. When lesson is unlearned, it's called karma. This is carried over to the next lifetime to be finished up. When lesson is learned, it becomes, some people call it positive karma. I don't like that term, but you can think of it like something that's now in your cosmic bank account, like you've earned it, it's yours. So those things, we come into a lifetime sort of like with two suitcases. And one suitcase is the positive stuff we have already learned. Those are our gifts and talents and whatever makes us absolutely awesome. And on the other side are the unfinished lessons, the karma. Those are the things that we still need to dig in and deal with. So the inner authority, the way that I see it is a positive stuff is what you have already learned. That's your true authority. And with that authority, you get to face the karmic lessons. When we try to face the karmic lessons with 
the authority of who we are based on the current lifetime, like conditioning from your family or imprinting you got when you were a little child and so on, that's not a true authority that's facing the issue, which means there's going to be filters. And through those filters, you're not gonna see clearly what the actual lesson is. That's how people get themselves into incorrect meanings. You know, something happens and they give it a meaning and then they think, oh, this means this. And now they, in this processing, which in my opinion is over-processing. Um, I mean, if somebody's totally new to spiritual journey, yes, they should process. They should open up their pain and deal with some of this because it has to go through the body at some point. But what I see in spiritual communities is that pain is way over-processed. Like you already know the pain. You already recognize the pattern. Why are you going into that emotion all over again? That means there's a lack of authority. And that authority is not the current lifetime authority. It's the bigger you. So you can think of it as a higher self or a soul self. That is the true authority. And that's why the sovereignty is the piece of that. Because sovereignty implies that you are uh, individually choosing. You are deciding. And when we have that ability to choose and decide with, now we can actually face our lessons correctly in a way that allows us to progress in life and evolve. We carry these two suitcases, one of them being positive karma or perhaps wisdom, skills, gifts. But I would suspect most people probably don't even know either that they have that suitcase or what's in it, what their gifts are. How can we all tune in to what we bring with us in this lifetime that can actually benefit us? Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you have it. You know, if somebody insists on I'm not good enough, I don't have anything, well, they're never going to find that suitcase. So it starts from assuming that you're awesome and that universe and you are connected and you already learned something. Nobody is new here. There are very few totally new souls. If you here on the planet Earth right now, you've been around for a while, which means you had many lifetimes, which means you have learned something. So just by that basic logic, you have some gifts and talents. Second, I would say take that off the pedestal. Because a lot of times people put this, there will be magical gift. There will be the most amazing thing. I would be walking through walls or levitating unable to kill cancer or something. These are very rare, but all of us have some. And most of the time we know about them, but we dismiss them because we put the idea of a gift or a wisdom or a talent on the pedestal. So if you take the pedestal off and you look at, okay, what am I naturally good at? I call it soul expertise. This is something that you did not learn in this lifetime. This is not stuff you went to school for. This is not something somebody taught you in this lifetime. This is something you just always good at. Like maybe people comment to you like, I don't know why, but I feel so good in your presence. I just feel so much safer already just sitting next to you. Maybe you get um, to see somebody's um, issue. Like they trying to describe to you something and they're telling you 200 things and they like inside this messy emotional drama and you're like, oh, why didn't you just do that? Or what about that? And they're like, wow, how did you just pick this one thing out of all of this I couldn't see? And you're like, well, I just always do that. That is a soul expertise. That's another example. Somebody else's soul expertise could be that they create a natural environment when people tell them secrets. Like I have that. I could be sitting next to somebody in the um, airport and just start talking with the person. And suddenly they tell me stuff. And then they're like, I can't believe I just told you that. I have no idea. Like I haven't even told my sister. Why am I telling you that? So that's a energetic environment that one produces that another feels so safe that they can share something. 
And there's so many other things like that. That is sole expertise. So when I work with somebody, we actually dig into that and figure out specifically what that is. But that's how one can know. Eugenia, you really make me smile because the three things that you mentioned, I have all three of them. And it is really fascinating when people tell you these things and then they can't even believe that they told you. But it does make for a beautiful relationship for coaches and healers. Absolutely. Right. Because there is that safe space. Now, it seems to me you're working with the soul design. I'm working with how one uh, is made when they come into this lifetime. This is what I call the soul design. Okay. So that's not necessarily your design for all creation. It's not for all eternity. It's for one lifetime. The reason you don't necessarily care to know the soul design for all eternity is because it's kind of the same for everybody. <laughs> because really, if we think about all eternity, we're all souls. We're all from divine source. We're all one. So if you go that far up into the similarity or oneness of the universe, in a sense, our soul design is that we are divine beings. We have divine permission to have wealth abundance to flow into our lives. Everything is naturally available and we're learning lessons according to universal laws. Then when you individuate that into each soul has slightly different paths. Each soul might have been on different planets. Each soul might have had different experiences, different dimensions in which it has evolved before it arrived to Earth. Or if somebody is from this planet, they also would have different pathway of different types of experiences they had in lifetimes here. So in each lifetime, just like when you're born, you have an astrological chart when the stars are in certain position. So if you take that concept, but you add to that karmic patterns and overlays and lessons and people that are here to support you and people that are here with whom you need to have difficult lessons or the ones who meant to bring you good things and supportive things and so on. So more added to like basic astrology, that would be soul design. How do you tap into the soul design for a person? Well, obviously there are many different ways. I am naturally clairvoyant. I was born this way. So when I look at someone, I see their patterns. I see their karmic patterns. I see their gifts. I see timelines, possibilities. I see what is mm, the next step for that person. What are they struggling with and so on. So that's part of how I pull that. But then I also utilize other tools like you can do anything from astrology to itching to human design to um, talking to angels and guides and many other things. So I pull all of that together to help somebody understand what is their soul contract for the lifetime. So soul design, it's sort of like, how are you meant to make decisions in this lifetime? Um, what is the natural way for you to live your life? Because a lot of times, in my experience, majority of people living their life the way they've been conditioned, not the way that's natural. And when we start talking like, oh, you actually not meant to do this when this happens, they go like, oh my God, I always wanted to do that, but I like can't give myself permission to do that because I think it's lazy or it's bad or my mother told me never to do that or something like that. So we clean up all of that. And what's left is the natural operating system the way that specific person is meant to go through life where they have the highest possibility of learning the lesson that they came to learn. The lesson isn't always an easy lesson, but would you say that maybe life becomes less of a struggle once you start tuning in to your own inner authority? 
no lessons are easy or they, we wouldn't think of them as lessons. Um, some lessons are traumatic and painful, some are not, but there's still uh, effort is involved. That's kind of the whole point of learning something is you have to effort a little bit, but effort doesn't have to be uh, horrible. And if one lives according to the natural soul design way that they kind of made in this lifetime, then they go more smoothly through learning even most difficult lessons because it doesn't, they, they usually actually able to learn as they go. What I notice a lot of times is that when someone is living not in alignment with their soul design, with their natural way, they end up trying to do things according to how they were told. Like maybe their natural rhythm is to uh, have sort of a plateau when they integrate and they kind of just are, and then they go into action and can move a mountain really fast for let's say a week or two, and then they go on a plateau again. Now, somebody like that, if they were told that they're lazy, let's say, and they should just work all the time, they might sabotage their uplifting part when they can move a mountain, because by then they would run out of energy if they try to use that energy on a plateau when they're not meant to. So it's not so much about the lesson, whatever the lesson might be, but if they're using their energetics incorrectly while trying to learn the lesson, they're not going to get really far. And that's unfortunately why so many human beings tend to repeat their lessons. <laughs> if you notice why, you know, the same thing happens again and again, and you're like, oh my God, why is this here again? I thought I dealt with it. That's because you probably dealt with it while you were in the incorrect energy alignment. So then even though you learned something, but you kind of didn't move through the lesson. So it came back. Sometimes life is really challenging. That doesn't necessarily mean you're off track. That could be part of your lesson. But if you are off track, are there any kind of telltale signs so people would really know? Oh, absolutely. You always know, actually. Most of us know when we're procrastinating, when we're avoiding, when you were refusing to deal with something. Another clue would be when you're very righteous. You know, like when we want to righteously defend something, like, well, no, it's this way because it's just this way, it just has to be this way. There's usually an issue there because universal laws do not need defending, only our issues do. <laughs> so that means there's always something in there. And also when you're off course, you start to feel like you're disconnected. No matter how much of an issue we have, there is still part of us that feels like, okay, there is a movement, something is progressing somewhere. That means you're actually learning what you're meant to be learning, even if it's difficult. But when you're feeling stuck, or when you're feeling like, oh, I don't know what to do, and then you're looking for an external authority to tell you what to do, that means you're off course because nobody really gonna know more than you. Like I always tell my clients that my job is to help them be more them, <laughs> not to tell them what to do, but to help them become more sovereign beings and who they are and learn how to function as they are so that I can point out when they're functioning as, let's say, their parent or whatever else, but not as themselves. So yeah, listening to how you're like, are you making decisions based on you? Or are you making decisions based on, well, that's uncomfortable, so I don't want it. Or I'm afraid of that, so I'm not going to go there. Or, well, it's just not how things are. Always question. There are no facts. We make facts up. We think that there are some facts. The only facts are universal laws, big things. All the little things, there are no facts. So like, oh, this bad thing happened in my life before. This is why I am this way now. Even that is not a fact. 
the bad thing happened. Yeah, that might have happened linearly in the timeline, but what you made that mean, that's up to you. And you can always change the meaning and that same bad thing could become empowering thing. When you go to someone because you are feeling disconnected or you're having some kind of existential crisis, it's so easy to give your power up and look to someone else like a psychic or a coach or, or any authority figure, really give your power up and kind of let them choose who you're supposed to be. If your initial belief is, I don't know, somebody knows better then that's true for you. Then you don't know because you just block the knowledge from coming in. If on another hand, your initial belief is, I know all the answers are within me. And if I cannot access them right now, that does not mean that they're not there. Okay. Now, when you go to a coach or a healer or a mentor or whoever, you're not going for them to give you the answers. You're going for being triggered into finding your answers. You're going for somebody who might say something or ask you something to activate the answers. But the initial assumption must be the answers are inside. So anyone else really is a catalyst, not the uh, library to give you answers. The library is internal or universal, and you have access to that library at all times. That's a divine law that we do. So if you don't, it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because there are filters and conditioning and all the issues that are self-inflicted to close off the access. So when you go to someone who you see as authority figure, which is totally good and normal and, you know, in crisis, we should do that because, you know, we need help. But when we do that, the view of that relationship must be, I'm going to go to this person to be in a safe environment so that she or he can catalyze in me the cleanup of my own filter so I can regain the access to my own answers. The idea that everyone is a catalyst for you in your life, I think that's brilliant and something that we should all remember when we are receiving help and also when we're giving help that we're just the catalyst right? Other than that, we're taking power away, right? Well, yeah. And that's why a lot of times when people come in and say like, oh, we need to help my husband or help my kid to do this. And it's like, no, let's look at what your husband or your child actually want to do. And then how you can be the best catalyst for that process. But it's not our job to do anything. We never control anybody else. Um, if something that will get you karma, if you try, so unfortunately, a lot of times parents get into that because they treat their children who are like in their 20s as if the kid is still seven. Um, but in the bigger things, in the bigger reality, all the lessons are component of our journey. So if somebody triggers you negatively, like let's say somebody said something and you thought they were mean to you or insulting to you or whatever, it's never about that other person. I mean, you can still make choices as to, okay, I don't want to hang out with a person who habitually insults me, obviously. But look for like, okay, if some pattern happens a lot, or if you're having stronger emotional reaction than normal, you know, like maybe normally you don't get insulted, but for whatever reason, you really got insulted by this one something. And it wasn't even directly at you. You were scrolling through the Facebook and somebody had an opinion. And suddenly you're all boiling about this issue. It's not about that other person at all. 
that other person is a catalyst that just activated in you a karmic issue that had a strong emotional charge. So that became like a little pinprick that then boom, open up a volcano. Your responsibility is to look for the origin of the volcano, not so much to process the pain and go over emotion and sit in emotion that does absolutely nothing and not to put all the responsibility onto whoever triggered you. It's not their fault. They, half of the time, they don't even know they're doing it. So it's about like, okay, wow, I really got emotionally upset somehow over whatever just happened. Now, what is my story? What did I have to believe in order to get this upset? That creates a little bit of a distance between you and it. So now you're not taking it as a fact. As I said, there are no facts. It's just all our perceptions and meanings we give things. That's human power to give meanings to things. So it's our job to give beneficial meanings to things that move us along our evolutionary path instead of give meanings to things that keep us stuck in karmic patterns. So if you ask yourself like, okay, what did I have to believe? Or even what does one have to believe to differentiate even a little more to have this level of emotional reaction? And you will see like, well, I have to believe that this, this, and that. All right, is this true? But is it really true? It's kind of like universe is asking you to check your structures. Our inner building needs to be uh, readjusted. And ideally, it happens by us just consciously doing our spiritual work. But, you know, most of the time it happens when people just trigger you. And that's a good thing. Anytime there is a trigger, yay, that's an opportunity to clean up yet one more piece of dead furniture out of your house. If you don't know it's there, it's just going to stay there until it gets triggered the next time. Exactly. And most of the people, unfortunately, have this misconception, especially in a more spiritual community, that if you are aligned, everything should be happy and great and easy. And that's just not the way it works. <laughs> the way it works is whatever you're meant to learn. Ease can be there. Joy can be there. But it goes parallel to the lesson. So let's say if somebody has a physical condition that's not curable in a medical sense, they can focus on that condition and then that condition consumes their life and they become maybe seeing themselves as a victim and so on. But if they stand in their true soul authority, they know that the body is not them. It's happening to the body. They can learn what is the reason that this condition exists in the body and then be sovereign in how they make decisions within that condition. So they can still have joy in life, they can still have pleasure, they can still have abundance and have, let's say, some physical pain that maybe comes with some condition. So mm, being in a difficult situation or a painful situation does not necessarily mean there's anything wrong. There has to be some growth and movement through it, right? Yeah, there's always growth and movement. And we can think of it like our purpose is not a one thing. This is always I always thought that was funny even when I was five years old, when people would come to me and say, what's my purpose? As if it's like one thing, like to have this job or to talk to that person or to have this company or like, that's not your purpose. That's your ego desire maybe, but it has nothing to do with the purpose. The purpose is bigger and it usually has faucets, like different components. You can look at it from different angles. So this is the thing that I think a lot of the spiritual people kind of don't realize that our ego personality actually has to align with the soul purpose. It's not like some God out there told you, you must do this. And then you go on a mission and do that while you suffer and annoy doing it because, well, it's not that interesting. It's not how it works. It has to be both sides. 
So like, I love to empower people, but I'm fascinated with, at first it was literally healing the body. Then it was the healing journey within a person. Then it was the karmic patterns. Then it was evolution of soul consciousness. Then it was wealth um, consciousness and so on. Those are my personal interests, but they all wrapped around the same thing that I do for the people, because that's my gift. I've heard so many spiritual people over the year trying to transcend the ego or get rid of the ego in some way. And it's just not possible while you're here. It's just like it's part of you. Well, an ego is actually not get readable. If we try to get rid of the ego, a lot of times we fall into the illusion of trying to kill any personal desires. And with that, we kill our ability to manifest in a third dimension because you actually have to desire something here in order to make something happen. So unless you like come in and you want to leave, I mean, why do we come into the third dimensional body? We come in because there is a component of the body that's needed for our evolution. So we're actually meant to create here. So my view on the ego, not that ego disappears, but that ego becomes transparent. So it's still there. You still have your desires and whatever. That's actually your soul design. That, that's like your way of what makes you different than another human being. But if you're transparent, if your filters are clear, now your soul mission and your ego are so aligned that you're just naturally doing divine will because you're desiring it instead of your desire going in opposite direction or sideways from the divine will. But that does not mean that there is no human personality. Of course, you're going to have ego. It's just, is that ego interfering with what you're meant to do because you have all the karmic patterns and conditioning and imprinting and overlays? Or is that ego supporting what you're meant to do? And if your ego is supporting what you're meant to do, now you're really having fun in your life. That's where it really feels like, wow, I'm living an amazing life because I get to do what I want. And... I get abundance flow for it. I get, and abundance is not just money. Abundance is everything. It's supportive people. It's great communities. It's lots of interaction with the type of energies you want to interact, like energy guides and nature and so on. So you naturally live a very joyful life, even if you're learning your lessons and whatever, if your ego personality is aligned with your higher self, soul personality. In my teachings, it's like unconscious, conscious, and then, you know, super conscious or super higher conscious. self. Yeah. And in mine, it would be the lower self, the ego, and the higher self. So it's the same concept. You get the unconscious, you get the normal operating awareness of self, like the whatever the name is for the body, like Linda or Eugenia, that would be the ego. And then the higher self, the super conscious, that would be the part of you that's linked to the divine that always knows. We judge this conscious self or, or the ego self so harshly, so often. How does that play into the whole dance of living our design? Judgment is a waste of energy and all it does, it blocks one's evolution. So anytime you notice you're judging anything, just stop it. <laughs> stop yourself from doing it. Because that means there's an uh, assumption that this is not direction to go. And everything is a direction to go. If you don't allow yourself to explore, you will never learn a lesson. That's just how universe works. So it's judging self and judging others. Judging others is just the projection of self-judgment. Anytime we judge somebody for something, it's because we would judge ourselves for it. It's just easier sometimes to see in others. Some people are masters of judging others. 
because they just don't know how to relate it to self. Some people are a little bit more evolved that they constantly judge themselves, but they're already really nice to others. It's shocking to me sometimes because I can see energetically. So I would look at somebody who's like this nicest person you've ever met. And on the inside, she speaks to herself in a language that she would never ever speak to anybody in. She's so mean to herself. And it's like, wow, how does that discrepancy happen? But in her world, she thinks she's being a good person because she's keeping herself in the parameters of her idea of a good person by yelling at herself. And my suggestion would be, well, let's change the parameters of what it means to be a good person so you can stop yelling at yourself and give yourself freedom to be whatever you are. And then you're free to explore. Fascinating conversation today, Eugenia. If people want to know more, how can they find you? Well, they can find me on my website, which is transcensiongate.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a fun conversation. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of Exploring the Mystical Side of Life. You will find all of our conversations on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Come visit me at thoughtchange.com. Pick up your copy of Learning to Listen. And let's explore what energy medicine can do for you. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.